Welcome to episode five of the New Balances podcast. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined here tonight uh, or this morning or whenever you happen to be listening to this, uh, joined by my dad, with my dad via Zoom. Dad, thanks for coming. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. So on the podcast as a whole, one of the things that I try to talk about is adapting and overcoming to circumstances or situations that people uh, might find themselves in or uh, have encountered in, in some way or just talking about life in general. Uh, so I wanted to sort of start there and uh, get your perspective on a few things in life because you're my dad. Uh, we've had a good relationship the whole 34 years of uh, my existence, and um, I feel like you've got a good head on your shoulders, having uh, been part of raising four boys, and uh, now I've got a baby girl coming, and uh, you know, need some pointers, I guess, and uh, just navigating that whole field. So we'll jump into it um, when. You and mom got married. How old were you guys? And, um, you know, what I was, were... I had just turned 23, like a week before. Um, I think your mother was 20. She hadn't quite turned... She wasn't going to turn 21 until November. Mm -hmm. So we were young. And then uh, going into that, um, you guys were sort of like high school sweethearts type of scenario. Yeah. Yes, we knew each other through church. Um, that's how we got to know each other through church, CYO, and then started dating and through high school and the whole works. So. Nice. And then, uh, how old were you when, uh, the boys started coming into the picture. Well, uh, we got married in 86 and you were born in 87. So, so pretty was, quick after. Actually, I was still, when you were born, I was still 23. Um, only for another week, couple of weeks. Couple of weeks. So, so I was 23 when you were born, 24 when Timmy was born. Um, Anthony came in June, so I was 26. And then Greg, twenty-seven. It sounds like there's a gap there, but but just just, just how the weeks birthday, worked out. Right, just where my birthday falls is is in there. Yeah. So you had a four boys in four years. Four boys in four years, and f uh, four birthdays over the course of three months for yes. <laughs> for the kids. So that must have been. It was it was a busy time. Uh, summers were very busy with birthday well, spring and summer with birthdays and the whole works so. and how did uh you navigate that whole um realm like what was what were you feeling like was it like oh shit this is happening or uh, were you surprised well, i mean before you um we, you know your mother and i got married and then she got pregnant and was pregnant maybe only like six, eight weeks and lost the baby. And the doctor had, she had women problems, endometriosis and all that. So they didn't even know if she was going to be able to have kids. And when that happened, um, we were just kind of shocked, but you know, like, okay, still young, really. I don't think grasped the whole, you know, seriousness of it or, I don't know even know if that's the right word, but, um, it, you know, it was scary. It was sad, but, you know, we just continued on and she got pregnant again. And nine months later, that's where you're at. So. And then, uh, 
So the, the doctor told her when you were born, the doctor said, if you're going to have kids, you got to have them quick because you're not going to be able to have them later on because of the issues that she had with the endometriosis and all that other stuff. So it was, you know, so we were like, not that we were planning to have four kids in four years, but we didn't do anything to stop it. We were good Catholics and, you know, just, if it happened, it happened, and it happened. <laughs> it happened. Uh, okay, so that was my question. Uh, like, sort of follow up was going to be, were they planned or were they like, oh, she's pregnant? No, nope. Nope. no planning, no planning. No planning. I remember um, we were, you know, when Anthony was conceived, it was like after we were done, I was like, uh where were you in your cycle type deal and everything? And she had this wheel and chart little thing or whatever. And we looked and we were like the three day window, we were right smack in the middle of it. And I was like, yeah, you're pregnant. And sure enough, she was pregnant. She was pregnant. Here comes Anthony. (laughs) Uh, When uh, you, when mom had the miscarriage before me, did, um, you guys know that you were pregnant or she was pregnant at that point or was it a surprise we did know but it was um it was very early on um because i mean we got married in may and you know you were born the following may so it was it was pretty quick so i don't know you know like i say six eight weeks maybe i don't think it was much more than that because then we waited a little bit and then kind of you know right back into it and you know here we are so um it was a shock but i don't know if just being young and naive that didn't really grasp the the seriousness of it um as to what happened but was it something that you guys uh had talked about at all or like uh, I know Betty and I, we had a miscarriage uh, early on as well. And it was, uh, it was a kick in the gut. You know, it felt like it uh, sucked some life out of you. And, you know, it was a, a gut check. Was it something that the two it, of you talked was. about? Or? I mean, it was, it was shocking. It was sad. It was, you know, but I mean, again, there was so much going on at the time. Um we didn't really have a chance by the time, you know, it happened. And then, I don't know, it just, it just seemed like time was just flying by. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know we were pregnant again and, you know, everything was went good. So, and then everything went good for four years. And even with when Greg was pregnant, he, he was a twin, but she lost a twin. So we're a, and I'm only assuming, I don't know for sure, but I'm thinking that maybe the twin was a girl and I'm thinking maybe the first one was a girl and your mother just, her body said no to can't carry girls. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't, you know, so I think that had something maybe to do with it. I don't know. How early on in uh, mom's pregnancy with Greg did uh, the twin Miss Carrie? Um, it was a little bit because the doctor definitely told her that there was two heartbeats and everything. So I want to say, you know, we were probably two months, maybe, if I remember correctly. I mean, like I said, at that point, three little kids running around at home and I didn't go to the, all the doctor's appointments because someone had to watch the kids. Well, between watching the kids and working in Connecticut and, you know, money didn't grow on trees. So I was, a lot of times I was at work. Yeah. So, so it was, it was crazy. It was hectic. Um, it was good and, you know, and definitely in a way because you guys entertained each other. So when we were doing house chores or, you know, cutting the grass or doing whatever, I mean, it was, you guys were always busy with each other. So we didn't have to entertain you. Like if you were an only child, it's tougher. Or if yeah. you're 
have a sibling who's like five or six years older, it's tougher. You guys are so close that you constantly, you guys had somebody to play with all the time. So. And how did, uh, how did uh, we react as young, like uh, infant slash toddlers when you brought new babies home? Uh, when we brought Timmy home, you kind of looked at him and kind of twapped him on the head. Like, <laughs> what are you doing here? And we knew and, and we were like, no, you can't do that. But I mean, other than that, after that, it was just, it just seemed to just, just, just another easy. inmate in the asylum. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, it was, you know, like I said, it was life, life. People don't realize how quick life goes by until you start having kids and you're, you're doing family things. And, you know, you look back and like, I look back at you guys, I can remember a lot of things, uh, a lot of things I don't remember, but I remember like going to little league games. I remember you guys trying out for little league and now here we are doing this podcast and it only seems like it was only a couple of years ago. So, I mean, it's just happens like that snap of a finger. And it's like, what happened? You know, I watched, I've seen that movie click with uh, Adam Adam Sandler. Sandler. Yeah. And, you know, at times it feels like, you know, it's stuck in fast forward and everything is just racing by. So Betty and I were commenting uh, this evening when we got home that how quickly the summer seems to be going by because next week is August. Yeah, and they're like, oh, shit, yeah, <laughs> where the I, hell does the summer go? <laughs> I I posted that like just the other day. I was like, you know, hey, five weeks, uh, five months from now is Christmas Eve, and it was like, yikes! Like, <laughs> where this... is this year going? And and they, and they, I've heard it when I said all growing up. You know, as you get older, it goes faster, and it's like, yeah, okay. It, it goes faster. Like it goes faster. <laughs> it's just like it picks up speed crazy now uh you had talked about you know working a lot and money doesn't grow on trees um how did how did that go with trying to feed four kids and help to maintain a household it was it was tough i mean it was they were i mean thank god you know nana and papa lived across the street so they were there a lot to help out you know whether it was babysitting, bath time, um, bringing cookies or, you know, things over, snacks, whatever. Um, so it definitely helped out there. Um, and there were times where I had to rob Peter to pay Paul. So it was like, all right, well, what's due? And uh, do we pay the electric bill or do we pay the cable bill? Well, we need electricity. So we'll pay the electric bill. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to wait till this, you know, a week and pay this next week. And there were there were many a times living paycheck to paycheck and sometimes waiting a couple of days for that paycheck to come in so you know there was no savings account no so and when you have you know four kids and three of them are in diapers at one time it gets expensive it gets expensive and not obviously they weren't as expensive as they were they are now but then again you don't make the money you made then that you make now so i guess they were comparable so hmm. so i mean it's there's there's challenges you know all the way but the reward far outweighs you know anything else so. now um when you talk about uh the fun memories what's like the first memory you can think of uh you know with becoming a dad like what's that that moment like it was because i was there for all four of you guys when you were born thank god you know we didn't have covid we didn't have any of this um you know i didn't have to be away somewhere so i was there and i felt like you know it, it was it was amazing you know, to watch a human life come into the world. And if you can be there, by all means, be there. You know, oh, yeah. Talk to different people. And, you know, some say, well, I, you know, up, you know, with my wife and didn't really watch. I was like being at a tennis match. I was like talking to her and then running down to see what the doctor was doing. And, you know, not that it was a long run, cause, but 
I felt like I was at a tennis match going back and forth. <laughs> so, um, but so you were down on the business end as well. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Just you know, wanted to know, and we didn't know, you know, before you guys were born. Oh, so we you didn't find out what the gender were? Have, no, we have no, we had no idea for all four. So, and your mother didn't do any medication whatsoever. So it was all natural. You know, they asked her and she was like, no, 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 I'm good. And then as you got closer, she's like, uh, all right, I'm ready. And they were like, too late. That ship has sailed. And by the time it had, would have taken effect, you were already here. Hmm. So, so, yeah, it was something that everybody should experience. It's, it's amazing. It's, you know, people don't believe in God. <laughs> Just to see that you have to. You know, you know, there's a God. So absolutely. Did you cut the umbilical cords and that I didn't do. I did no. not. And the doctor asked and I said, no, no, because I was afraid I would screw something up. And I was like, nope, that's your department. <laughs> Got it. So I didn't, um, not to say that I regret it because I can't say that I do, but obviously it's something, yeah, you could do. And, you know, I'm sure everything would have been fine, but I was just, I don't know. I'm squeamish when it comes to stuff like that. Like, I, none of that bothered me. But, like, if I cut myself, I'm like, oh, shit, you know, I don't like to see my own blood. So, you aren't going to try to see your child's blood or anything yeah, exactly. like that. Exactly. <laughs> and I would kind of hurt my child, like, like, oh my God. So, no. And then um, I have a very fun memory. I think it was fun anyway. When we were younger, obviously with having four boys in the house, things can get a bit chaotic with rough housing, with um, any number of things. But I've got a memory of a very chaotic food fight. <laughs> and at one point, a garden hose was in the kitchen. Yes, that is 100%. I don't remember anything leading up to that. It was a birthday party, I believe, and I don't know kind of where it started or how it started, and I can't, I, I, I remember it, but I can't say that I remember all the whole, like, who did what, but I know that, yes, there was food all over the place. There was, I think, the kitchen faucet like the sprayer out the window. And I think that's when the hose came in the window and it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, the thing about that is I have to clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> so it took a while. Oh, I'm sure it's not like it, uh, you see it on TV shows or right. movies. Well, I, mean, yeah. like... I mean, they just, it happens and then everybody next leaves. scene. Oh yeah. No. Right. No, there's I have to clean all that up, but yeah, it happened. Absolutely, hundred percent. I mean, uh, you gotta laugh. You gotta have fun. You gotta, and that's with life. I mean, you gotta enjoy life. You know, if you go into it and it's just too serious all the time, it's not going to be any good. It's not going to be any fun. And you got to make yourself happy before you can make somebody else happy. Yeah. So you know, if you're fighting any demons or whatever. If you can't make yourself happy, it's going to be very tough to make somebody else happy. So, I agree with that a hundred percent. What do you um, when we were trying out with uh, the different athletics and uh, whatnot? I know that you were coaching us part of the way. What was that like for you being in? It was it was fun because. You know, you hear a lot of parents yelling and cheering their kids on from sidelines, but I mean, I was right there with you guys. You know, I, I remember, you know, the, the ups, the downs, you know, the losses. I remember the first year you guys played, you guys like came in like last place and we went to the banquet and you guys were all like, all right, we got trophies. And I'm like, no. And they, were, you were like, yeah, we got trophies. We earned them. And I'm like, you didn't earn anything. They're giving you trophies. You're not taking them home because you didn't earn them. 
And I'm, the trophy stayed in place on the, the table. The trophy stayed there when we left. I mean, but the next year you guys worked at it and you came in second and you got a trophy for second place and it meant something. And the next year you guys won the whole thing and it meant something. Where if you had taken that trophy the first year, the second year would have been like, well, I don't really have to try. I get a trophy. And that was when the trophy thing was first starting out. And I mean, I know that a lot of people talk about it and have different opinions about it, but that's just my opinion is if you're rewarded for doing, for coming in last, why are you going to fight harder to come in first? Which I feel like is a, one of the good uh, teaching points and memories. I feel like uh, that I have and that I've kind of carried with me, like the whole idea of um, not sort of accepting participation trophies or um, not being, uh, not accepting things for nothing, you know, right. understanding that everything has its, has a price and what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, it, you know, I, I can't say enough about that. Like, you know, just to get a trophy is like, yeah, it would have been nice to, to have a trophy and say, oh yeah, I got a trophy, but yeah, you got a trophy because you went out and you played, but you, you didn't win anything. You know, you had a tough season. You, you learned a lot of lessons. You got better. And the next season you came in second place. Okay. That's something that you can be proud of by all means. And you take your trophy home and the next year you guys were hungry for it. And you really wanted that, that big trophy. And you got it. So, I mean, it, it meant more, I think, for everybody. Oh, not uh, just not just me, but for you guys and for everybody. You know, I didn't tell the team that they couldn't take them. I didn't just told you guys you couldn't take them. You know, but I don't know. That's just my. Oh, it's a good work ethic. I feel like you, you right. instilled in us um, for that. But it's also you know, a lasting memory that uh, sticks with us uh, on the principle behind something. And that's it. it. It breaks down to work ethic. It's not just because it's a, you know, a baseball tournament or a baseball season, you know, it was, it's work ethic. So you, like you said, you, you know, you put something, you put an effort in, you get something out of it. Right. You know, I feel you like. Then you're not going to get anything out of it. You're only going to get what you put into it. I feel like growing up, I noticed you working, you know, two jobs a lot or picking up side work and doing other things. And there's a lot of times I missed out on a lot of things, but you no, know. but the providing for your family, making sure that there's roof over the head and food and bellies is outweighs, you know, sitting on the couch watching Absolutely. Sesame Street and, or whatever and, and it I'm is. Not, I'm not knocking anybody for their beliefs, you know, whether they think that, you know, sitting at home is okay and getting a paycheck sitting home and that's their thing. And that's not my, you know, it's just not me. My father and, and parents pushed a work ethic on me, you know, how to do jobs before you get to play. So did my jobs and, you know, made sure things were taken care of. Yeah, I mean, I was, was talking to Timmy the other day, and he I was actually yesterday, and he was saying about, you know, I said, I'm golfing today, and he's like, oh, it must be nice. And I said, he says, I, I, I'm lucky if I golf twice a year. And I said, but you have kids. You have little kids. There was times that I would play golf, and then you guys came along, and I didn't play for like 12 years. I just didn't play. I remember a story when I was um, home from seminary. I was down on in Florida visiting you and uh, I was like on vacation. I was getting ready to take a nap in the middle of the day and Timmy walked in and goes, must be nice to be able to sleep in the middle of the day. And you just looked at him and said, when you get vacation time, you can sleep in the middle of the day too. <laughs> yeah. And that's, it's true. I mean, I can't, can't say it any plainer than that. No, I mean the, the work ethic, being instilled, uh, fighting for the things that you want, and uh, having having the fortitude to push through adversity to get there is something uh, that 
you know, I credit both you and mom for instilling in each of us in very different ways. Um, because even though we were all raised the same way, we all chose different Absolutely. paths in life. Yeah. Um, and one of the, you know, I went to seminary, uh, Timmy went to the police academy and now is a, a linesman. Anthony's a pipe fitter and Greg's a tow truck driver. And each one, you know, has taken long, uh, long way to get there. Long way to get there, but everyone's happy in their profession and that's in in their home lives. Remember me saying that, but like I told you, I don't care if you're a doctor, a lawyer, a nurse, a firefighter, a policeman, a garbage man, a janitor. I don't care what you are. As long as you're happy doing what you're doing and you can make a living at doing what you're doing, then do it. Go for it. Go for it. You know, I always wanted to be a policeman and from when I can remember. And it was a long road, tough road. Finally got there. Got there and, you know, now I can't wait to retire. (laughs) (laughs) How many more years till you get to that magic age? Uh, Well, it's not the age. It's time in. Time in where I'm hoping it'll uh, about two and a half years, maybe a little, just a little more. Any plans after retirement? Um, golfing and traveling is my hope to do. What I What's hope. on your uh, your bucket list as far as the travel? Um, I'd love to get like an RV type thing, whether it's a truck and fifth wheel or truck and trailer or a camper or something and just i'd love to see the united states i'd love to hit all 48 lower states if i can drive to alaska um just i want to see the united states i mean i would love to see other places in the world but there's so much to see right here that you know and i'd love to be able to just not have like oh i only have two weeks so i can i gotta go here and see what i can see and then rush home I got to go back to work. I want to be able to go and if I get somewhere and I like it, I want to be able to say, hey, let's stay here a week. Let's stay here two weeks. Let's stay here a month. I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, not being bound by time. Right. Is a good luxury to have. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But it was, a, like I say, it was a long road to get to this point. And I'm not quite there yet, but, you know, that's my goal. We'll see what happens. It's good to have those uh, goals set to, to A, have something to work for, but look forward to, but also so that you can constantly build and push yourself to propel forward. Um, I remember one of the things like uh, uh, for setting uh, goals, like I was dead set I was going to be a priest and I had that in my head and I was just going to go, 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 go. But then didn't. Fate, uh, fate stepped in. Yeah. And no, that's not, that, that's what, not what you no. get. And, you know, now I'm married and expecting a child. Um, and, you know, my whole worldview has changed. And uh, things that used to get me aren't, aren't so much important anymore and now i've uh you know had to fight with insurance companies for uh things that are covered but then they get denied and you're like well why is this denied did you have any idea that there was such a thing as a specialty pharmacy like your doctor prescribes you something and it's not something you get at the cvs or the walgreens down the street but it gets mailed to you from cvs from a specialty pharmacy Never knew that there was something like that. I didn't either. And I had to navigate, uh, you know, a couple hours on the phone trying to figure out why, why are we being charged, you know, $600 for this medication when the copay for it is $10. And, right. uh, you know, those fights for me become interesting uh, because. And a lot of that has to do with the big pharmacy companies and, you know, they know that people that are in your spot where it's like you're, you're fighting to have a child and make sure everything is working. And they're like, well, they'll pay anything to, to make this happen. So let's raise that price up. 
Yeah. And, nice. and it's unfortunate, and it probably doesn't cost them that much to make it. Probably not. It's been the only time but that I've... We could go hours into... I, oh, yeah, into any sort of political... Yeah, I'm going to try to stay away from that. This, this is not the show for that. No. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not nationally syndicated or anything <laughs> for you to talk about that. Um, what are uh, uh, some tips or advice you have for me about to become a dad from a four-time dad who's raised four kids and now uh, is a Pepe? Yeah, well... Raising girls and raising boys are different. You know, I could be rough with you guys. It was your boys, you know, not the, you know, you all have a different personality. You're all sensitive in this way or that way, you know, something. But um, raising girls, you know, it's, you know, I could like, I'm, you know, I get to see Case and Ryan a lot because they're down here. Um, I can toss Case around, and I even toss Ryan around a little bit and stuff, but you got to be a little more delicate with her because she's just very sensitive and gets her feelings hurt. So um, going into this, I would have to say, you know, obviously be truthful with your kids, you know, um, be fair with them, be strict, but be fair. Um, they're going to do things that are going to, you know, piss you off when they get older. Um, try to look at it from their point of view, you know, and that's what I go into to life with. And, and that's what I do my job with and stuff is treat people the way you want to be treated. So I would treat your kids the way you wanted to be treated as a kid, you know, and, or the respect because yes, respect is earned, but you got to give a little to get a little. So let them know that you can be fair but you can be tough. So okay. you know, don't, don't rule with an iron fist, but don't be their friend. I wasn't your friend. No, you made that very clear. <laughs> I was your parent and I've seen it all too much in, my, in the job that I do all too much where the parents want to be friends with their kids thinking that that'll get them, you know, a great parent child relationship. And then the kid gets to be about 15, 14, 15, 16. And the parents like, well, no, you can't go out. And it's like, yeah, I can. And they just melt down when the parent tells them no, and they go and do whatever they want to do anyway. And the parent doesn't know what to do. You have to be a parent first. When you get to be an adult, we can be friends, but you're a parent first. And yeah. You have to be a parent. So one of the things that, uh, you know, Betty and I found out uh, the sex of the baby, uh, something we wanted to know. We wanted to know all the information. Uh, so you got another baby girl coming into the family. That's okay. Um, That's okay. We're ecstatic and excited to have it, but we were both like, you know, we want a boy. I was like, I wanted a boy because I know. I wanted a girl. Four, four boys. I wanted a girl. You know, it, it's, not that I didn't want boys. I wanted, I wanted a healthy baby, but you know, you get to, you know, nothing against Greg and nothing against Anthony, but like, all right, I've, I've got two boys, you know, I had a boy and then I had two boys and I had three boys and it's like, all right, a girl. And, you know, after the fourth one, I was like, eh, I'm done. This, you know, this, is, this gets expensive. Yes. Yes. So. Snip, snip. Oh, yeah, Greg was born July 22nd, and I went July 25th. <laughs> so, yes. I remember you sitting on the couch at home after the fact. I didn't know that it was that soon after. <laughs> yes, it was three days after Greg was born, and we knew he was okay, and everything was good, and it was like, yep, I'm getting it done. And so, uh, and then, um, what was it? There was... Uh... trying to think there was uh well i'll tell you as far as like work like you you were talking about work ethic a little bit ago and i remember my father who was finished carpenter and 
he'd be doing stuff and he'd have like want me helping and I wished I had paid attention more. I mean, I dabble with stuff, but nowhere near his talent, not even, not even in the same ballpark. But I remember him, you know, I'm trying to like cut corners and get done so I can go play with my friends or whatever. And he was like, if you don't have time to do it right the first time, when are you going to have time to fix it? And that came into when we were redoing their, their roof. And I was like, I wanted a part of it. You know, I'm carrying shingles up to the roof. And so I got to do the garage and we snapped a line so I could put the shingles down. And I was in a rush because I wanted to go visit my friends. And this is at the time there was not nail guns. It was hammer and, and nail. Mm-hmm. So it was, it took time. And I got to the end and I was probably like an eighth of an inch off that line. And he was looking and he says, no, it's not right. And I was like, yeah, it's the roof. Nobody's going to see it. It's no big deal. And he's like, I know that it's wrong. You're going to know that it's wrong. Take them up and do it right. And I had to take that whole row of shingles up and put them back down. And that was the work ethic. It was like, if you're going to do it, do it right the first time. Because, you, you know, life is so fast and so busy. And especially like with my job, I have one call and I go to another call and I have to write a report or whatever. And then I have to go to another call. If I don't do the first one right, I have to go back and fix it. Now I have two reports to, I have to, to work on. One I have to fix, one I have to write. And then if I screw that one up, now I have two reports I got to fix when I'm doing the third report. So when you get it, take your time, do it right, get it done. But work ethic is, is important. Mm-hmm. So, and it's doesn't matter whether you're writing reports, you know, on a police department, or if you're writing reports for a finance company, or you're writing reports for the church, you know, if you're going to do the bulletin and you screw it up, now you got to fix it before it can go to print. So you have other before. things you have other things you have to do. So don't rush through it and do it half-assed. Do it right. Yeah, so. I definitely uh, have rushed through because with the uh, the situation, you know, each one of us wears multiple hats in the mm-hmm. structure of the of the parish organization. It's like, well do a little bit of this right now and then in three minutes you'll do another little bit of this yep. and then the phone's ringing the doorbell's yeah, uh, you ringing and you get a multitask and it takes your attention away from the detail and you're just like well i screwed that up and hopefully it it all works out but then there are other times you make glaring mistakes uh and you have to reach out to the company to say hey pull that out put this yeah fix this and and then, you know, we all, you know, write reports or do whatever. <clears throat> and I remember writing a report and my lieutenant kicked it back to me and I was like, what's wrong with it? And he's like, well, read it. So I read it and I read the first line and he's like, that's not what the first line says. And I said, yes, it is. I'm reading it. He's like, read it. And I read it again. And he said, read it one word at a time. And I read it and I was putting a word in that I knew needed to be there, but I didn't have it in the in the paragraph, in the sentence. It was just, in my mind, I knew it needed to be there. I put it in there knowing that it needed to be there in my mind when I was reading it out loud, but it wasn't in the report. And he's like, where is that? And I was like, so even proofreading, you know, you you know what you want to say, and it's not always what's on the paper, even when you're reading it. So I was- Give it a second look. Yeah, give it a second look, even if you have to have somebody else look at it or whatever. You know, check your work, you check their work. Now, in seeing the, the, I'm going to say dichotomy of Case and Ryan, Mm -hmm. uh, and how you raise a boy versus how you raise a girl, how... How's that going? Um, like, I understand that there's the a different psychology uh, to raising a girl than to raising a boy. Um, but how 
what like what's the approach what's the vision well again i didn't have girls so um you know i i see other people that raise girls and you know i i can watch timmy and helena as they raise ryan and case and a lot of things are the same but a lot of things are different you know and she's very sensitive to certain things you know when uh, anthony was down and they were visiting i saw her coming out of her room and i just i waited for her when she came out of the room i just jumped out and like said boo well it was enough it scared her she was crying and case would you know i did it to case and he's laughing and and she was just just shocked and like how dare you like you know oh my god and she was upset and crying and you know she was probably tired mm-hmm. you know they were busy but it's you know so you got to be careful on what they'll remember not that it's a bad thing but you know i don't want her to have negative memories of oh yeah yeah i remember pepe scaring me all the time and you know being mean and i'm like you don't know what that child is you know just because i was playing and like said boo to her and you know she might have thought i was being mean i don't want her to remember that as a, a negative thing when she gets older so you know you have to I don't know, you have to, you have to be, you have to use kid gloves with them, but yet you have to be a parent. You have to be firm. You have to, but there's reward. Be aware of the sensitivities. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everybody, I mean, the four of you, you all have different personalities. And I know I can push buttons with, with different ones, but also like, I know when we would go out, you know, we go out to dinner or whatever, you guys would start acting up. I could look at you and you'd know like, all right, knock it off. You know, and I could probably, if even if we went out now and you were doing something that pissed me off and I, I could look at you and you'd know that, oh shit, dad's pissed. You did you have know? a look. So, I mean, you, as a parent, you'll get it. You'll, you'll understand it. I mean, it just happens. You know, I mean, you buy a new TV, you buy a new laptop, you buy a new car, it all comes with a book. You get a baby and they say, here you go. Good luck. Like, oh, what do I do? I mean, granted, now there's, there's classes that, that they help teach. Good? Yeah, I have a book around here for dads to be. And that's on the bookshelf behind me right now. Okay. But I've been reading that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's like you don't get a, a manual. Owner's manual that says, <laughs> oh, this works. I mean, I remember, I'm sure, I don't know if you remember it, but we were up visiting Nana and Papa in, in New Hampshire. And you took a fall off the couch or fell or something, but you went into a corner of a table and waxed your forehead and it you had a good it was a deep cut i don't remember that it didn't bleed but it was a deep cut it was like oh shit and we scooped you up and we went to the emergency room and you know as we're getting there and everything and you know we're making sure you're okay and make sure you don't have a you know anything wrong you know concussion or anything and you know, I'm thinking like, oh shit, he, hopefully he's okay. But I'm also thinking, oh shit, what's this going to cost me? You know, I got kids, I got bills, I got, you know. I didn't put this into the budget they, for this week. <laughs> right? It's not something that you plan for. I mean, believe it or not, it's not something that you plan for. But, you know, we were, I remember being there and we were there probably sitting in the waiting room for like an hour, hour and a half. And the nurse come out and She's like, look, I've been monitoring you guys. I've been watching and this and that. And he's fine. He's going to be okay. Go home. And that's what we did. We went home. You know, we just put ice on it and whatever. And no stitches or anything? Nope, no stitches. It didn't, it didn't open up. It was more of a, I don't know. I mean, it, but it was right on the corner of the table. It was like, it couldn't have been any worse. <laughs> but it was like, oh, man. But Yeah, I don't... Uh... I don't remember that specifically. I remember... Now, you were like one and a half, two years old tops. Okay. Tops, so. Now, I remember going up to New Hampshire. Uh, 
I don't exactly remember where, but I have it in the vision in the backyard. It overlooked like this little valley or something, and we could see some hills or um, some cliffs or something, and they look like whales, like in a mountain. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I can't say that I remember that, but but I I recall it being like whales or something. There were two distinct like rock formations that looked like they were, whales. and that's that's not. I'm not saying that. You know, I did. I don't just... recall it, but I mean, everybody sees things differently. differently. So what you've seen, you know, I might not have seen. Mm. So. So, like I said, kids see things differently. I mean, you know, and I know we're not going to cover everything, um, everything divorce and all that, but, you know, when you see half of it and then you kind of, as you get older, you, you put pieces together and you go, all right, now I understand why this happened or that happened or whatever. I mean, so it's the same thing. Like when you see something, what you see, somebody else might not see. Yeah, you take the good of what you've learned, you take the bad that you've experienced and you put it together and you sort of make your own playbook on how you're going to handle yep. uh, raising yep. your, your kid. And you also yeah, got to remember that you've got a partner that's helping you to do that. And, you know, you got to take... The uh, good thing you need to do and make sure you're both on the same page. Like if, you know, the baby does... Dad said, no, I'm going to go ask mom. As kids, we're good at that. You know, I used to do this. I used to play my parents. Well, so I thought I was playing my parents, but it'd be like, like when I got, was driving, I'd be like, go to ask my father. Hey, can I use the car? And he'd be like, well, check with your mother. And I'd go, ma, can I use the car? And she'd be like, what'd your father say? And I'd go, it's okay with him if it's okay with you. And she'd be like, okay. So, you know, you, you work the system. Hmm. So... But you guys have got to have a, a strong united front. Oh, yeah. If you're punished and mom says, no, you can't watch TV and she's at work and you need to get something done and you're like, well, go watch TV. No, you got to be like, no, mom said no. That's what that's punishment it. is. So then you have to entertain that child for that reason. But oh, I saw something on uh, social media united uh, front you gotta yeah. have it i saw something on uh, social media today that made me laugh uh tiktok i don't know if you're familiar with it a little um, bit i don't have it but i i'm aware of it there's little like niche things that you can find yourself uh in so right now i'm on a deep dive into parenting sort of tiktok and okay. uh, dads telling their stories and uh, things that they've done. Um, but this one that I came across, it was a woman um, acting out a scenario with her daughter. And she said, that's it. You shouldn't have done that. No sleepover for you tonight. I'm calling so-and-so's mom and canceling it. And the child uh, says, oh, so you don't want a child-free night tonight? And the mother just like snaps back and rethinking her punishment because it's like, Ooh, do I want the night off from being a parent? <laughs> yep. So, I mean, and that's it though. You got to have a united front, but don't, don't rule with an iron fist, but rule with a firm, firm fist or firm smack or whatever. You know, and I'm not saying beat your kid. I'm, I don't mean it by that. Um, I mean, more yeah. like, you know, be fair. Don't, Pass judgment and anger. You know, if they weren't, you know, hey, don't don't touch that. And then they go and touch it, and they break something that they weren't supposed to be touching. And you told them no, and you're angry. Clean it up before you pass judgment. Um, you know, sometimes. Are there any uh, any stories you have from uh, when I was a kid of like me being a sneaky brat or? Uh, trying to you were like you were known as like mr mayor um you were the, the the mayor you were the one who tried to keep peace and get along with everybody and um if you had sneaky ways i didn't really pick up on them you were just very good about it i guess so 
So, I mean, I wasn't sure if I was a button pusher or, Hey, don't do that. And then no, I'd wait. No, you would, you were more, um, kind of towed the line. Like, yeah, right. Well, I'm, they say, don't do that. Then there's a reason and I won't do it type deal. I'm sure you did it. It's just, you didn't like, like I've seen things where like you tell somebody, you tell a kid, don't do that. And they look at you and they do it right in front of you, like challenging you. You never challenged us like that. Mm-hmm. Your brothers did. But you well, did. I feel like uh, at least you kinda, you Timmy that. and Anthony were the button pushers. Like, hmm. Yeah, Greg too. Greg too. You know, but. It goes into the temperament of how we handle things. And, and, and maybe I was, I don't know, maybe when. Um, you were younger, I was maybe a little more strict with you, so you realized like, I better not, you know, push his buttons or or whatever. I don't don't know. Everybody's temperament's different. So, but I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is. Just be firm, but be fair. So. Firm and fair. I feel like I'm going to be I think United Front's going to be important. I think that, uh, you know, I'm very excited, but also scared shitless of uh, raising a girl. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know. Absolutely. And it's not so much now. I mean, it, you know, she's going to be a princess forever. Uh, but... She's, I feel like I'm already wrapped around her finger. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. You know, anytime. Anytime no. Betty moves or like, you know, you know, winces or anything, I'm like, what's wrong? What can I do? How can I help? You know, we've had to, we've had one ER trip because of indigestion and there's nothing that I can do. And nope. Nope. you're like, how, how can I help you? And you just get the hand, like, just, just leave me it alone. sucks to be, to feel helpless uh, in that scenario. And not know what you can do to help your partner it's just oh all right this sucks (laughs) but uh yeah well i mean you know watching your mother go through you know the pregnancies and stuff i I don't know how she did it I, i give her a ton of credit and then not having any anything for all four of you um like I get a headache and I'm like, oh my God, leave me alone. And Well, man flu is a real thing, you know. Oh, oh absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> there are or have been scientific studies that when men do feel the pain, it is, uh, or they're incapacitated. It's not because they just don't feel like doing it. It's they're knocked on their ass and they're on their ass for a reason. Oh, yeah, but. I, mean, I know it's, it's not comparable. Different. No, no, it's not. But it's I not. Mean, I'm, I'm trying not to downplay. No, no. No, we have feelings too, absolutely. So, but I know when I get sick, I don't. I want to be left alone. Yeah. You know, if I have a cold or the flu or stomach bug or whatever it is, just like leave me alone. If I want something, I'll ask. Other than that. Don't talk to me. <laughs> you can stick your head in and go, you good? Yep. Go, go away. Like, okay. But, you know, other than that, leave me alone. If I want something, I'll either get it or I'll ask. So that's me. But Well, thanks again for coming on to the podcast. Uh, and I'm sure uh, we'll, we'll have to have uh, more chat sessions. Um, Absolutely about uh life and uh you as a parent uh you know i'll be asking for advice but then also gonna share stories i've seen different things and and i said it i told like people when i was training them you know and and i i don't know if i ever told anthony to do this or timmy to do this but i i thought about it and i did it with you guys, when you, when you were younger, I gave your mother journals and I said, just write something in the journal, you know, on any given day, something strikes you, just write it in. And she started it. And then 
it went by the wayside and never happened. But I would say get a journal um, that just you can keep. You know, Betty wants one she can keep. But just write down like, you know, you don't have to you don't have to put something in every day. But if something happens or if they do something and it's like, oh, just jot a little jot a little something down, and then you can go back because like for me to recall, like when you were like three months old, six months old. I, I really, I don't know how much of it I remember. I remember a little bit of it. I remember you did fall asleep under the Christmas tree at like, I don't know, maybe you were born in May. So when Christmas got there, you know. Seven months. So seven months or so you were under, passed out, you know, fell asleep under the Christmas tree. Too much eggnog. Yeah, could be. But it was just so freaking adorable. You know, we took a picture and I know there's a picture around somewhere. I don't know where it's at. I wish I could find it. But I mean, the whole world didn't have these. No, they didn't smartphones. have smartphones where you could just snap away. It was, it was film and a camera, and you didn't know if you got it right until you sent the the roll of film out, and it came back like a week and a half, two weeks later, and then it's like, oh, cool. Uh, oh, look, it's all blurry. So, <laughs> but, but it lives I mean, forever in your conscious. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, so I would, you know, something I wish I had done was keep a journal. Like, you know, first time you guys played baseball, first time you got a hit, first time you got a home run or, you know, first time you tag somebody out at home or, you know, I remember Anthony playing little league of T-ball and he got an unassisted triple play and ran off the field in the dugout and the other kids had no clue as to what even happened. I mean, it was just like, bang, and it happened, and it was like, done. And it was just like, you know, he knew what was going on. They were all still running around. They were all thinking, like, why is he hogging the ball? Why is he not throwing it to me? Exactly. And then why is he going in the dugout a week, you know? And it's like, so, I mean, I I wish I could have jotted these things down and, you know, had memories like that. But I definitely plan on keeping a journal. Um, I, I want to you know, do stuff like that. I even had uh, hypothesized that I would start like uh, an email account and email pictures or little tidbits. And then when a baby girl comes of age, give her access to that and Mm -hmm. let her read it. But I don't think that's going to be realistic to go through, you know, however many. But you don't know. I mean, you know, it's something you could give her on her wedding day. And say, or when, you know, she comes to you after she's married or whatever and says, hey, you're going to be a grandpa or a Pepe or, you know, a papa or whatever you're going to be. And you're like, oh, wow. And then it's like, you can share that with her. Like, oh, you did this. And so, and then I seen something on, um, I think it was YouTube or whatever, but it was uh, a father and he took from when his child was born through the first like seven years, every day he took just a photo of that child and he put it in like in a, like a montage where he just ran it and you watch the, the baby grow from like, you know, a day old to seven years old in like 12 minutes. It's like, and it's amazing how much they change. And so that's something maybe you could do too. Yeah. Which that's is interesting really cool and it's you know it's, it's a long running process but all you have to do is snap a picture every day you know and they get used to it and they're like all right picture time okay i feel like uh when i see pictures of uh ryan or amelia they're like camera ready and they they pose for it mm-hmm. and there are times like you want to catch them just natural and, and just moving and doing whatever so, but I mean, I'll tell you, you know, you, you're going to, you're going to be here and we're going to have this conversation. And before you know it, the baby's going to be here. And before you know it, the baby will be out of diapers. And before you know it, you'll be like first day of kindergarten. You'll be like, where did the time go? Like that, like yeah. quick, just a, a snap of the, and you'll be like, wow. So be ready because I can't it, wait. it was just. It was just a couple of years ago we were on that baseball field 
Mm-hmm. There you are. We're having this conversation and you're going to be a dad and Timmy's already a dad twice and Anthony's already a dad twice and, you know, not yet for Greg. So. Oh, when I had Tim and Ant on, uh, I asked them for advice and then at the end I said I gave them a 10-year head start to get married and if they needed any advice for from me on that front, then they could ask anything. There you go. There you <laughs> so. go. So, but uh, it's I'll tell you, you'll, you'll be fine. Both of you, you know, you and Betty as parents are going to be fine. And, you know, the good thing is not to say that I was um, immature because I wasn't, but I wasn't, I don't know, worldly or I don't know. You were ignorant to a certain extent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at 23 years old, you're not, you're not grown up yet. You're not ready yet. I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world. Not at all. But, you know, at 23, uh, you know, you're ready to be a parent. You know, Probably better than somebody who's 16, but maybe not somebody who's 34. Yeah. You know, so you just kind of have to do take it as it comes. Absolutely. But you guys will be fine. But just like I said, have a united front, be a parent not a friend time to be a friend later oh i'm happy to have you as a friend now no i'm happy you're a friend now so i love you dad love you too and thanks for uh being with me tonight and thank you for having me we'll talk to you soon absolutely all right good night all right good night